That's good. That's good. Oh, yeah. All right. Okay. So, excellent revelation. So, I'm recording these back to back. Uh, this is technically live at you one. And I'm going to call the other one live at you zero. Um, my name is Garrett Anderson. And I'm having a celebratory Jameson on ice in honor of actually recording this stuff. Um, it's nerve-wracking to just speak into a microphone, but uh, it's it's exhilarating at the same time. I was about to sit down and watch a movie tonight. Uh, my wife is out of town. Um, the girls are asleep. My pets are doing what they do. Um, and uh, I was like, what do I do tonight? And I was like, yeah, let's started watching that uh, Whitey Bulger movie with Johnny Depp in it. Uh, what's it called? Black Mass. And uh, I found very quickly that I was a little bit, you know, not really interested in sitting down on a couch for a couple hours. Um, so it's like, all right, I've been having these ideas about stuff to do musically. And instead of putting um, productive hours towards giving songs life and having a music experience other than just songwriting. Um, you know, I've been in a very, very long songwriting kind of phase, just performing solo. And, uh, you know, I realize I've got tons and tons and tons of songs and very little to show for it in terms of an actual music career. Um, it, it semi-professional hobby is, uh, the correct classification, I think, for uh, for what I've done up to this point. But uh, I, I, I'm very opposite of being down about it. I'm inspired by it. I'm like, you know what? Good. I needed to incubate. I needed to, to figure out how to do this. I needed to have the confidence to actually sell it, you know, actually put it out there. And uh, sort of the thick-skinnedness of, of being ready to just roll with whatever. Um, the thing that I lack is the sort of, I don't know, at this point, the, the determination to, to throw up so many Hail Marys um, and cold call people. And so I'm hoping to do it a little bit more organically and just start having content and uh, um, with, with some purpose behind it. Um, shift some of my musical energy away from just picking up the guitar and noodling while I walk around the house, which is, you know, obviously super duper important and therapeutic and feels amazing and, and often has great creative um, of results, but isn't really doing much in terms of the Garrett Anderson music brand, which is, I think, what exactly I, I need to become comfortable with it being is this experience of this is how I engage with music and it is available for you, like, to the nth. Like, go get it as much or as little as you want. Um, I hope it's good. I hope it's a good experience for you. It's kind of like kind of like having sex. <laughs> You're like, well, I, you know, that's amazing for me. I hope it's pretty good for you. Um, I, you know, I, I don't think I'm that great, but hopefully that was pleasurable. Um, that's sort of the same sort of you never know, but you, you try to get the best sort of feedback that you can. Um, that's <laughs>
wow, that was a really dumb way to launch my brand, which is why I need a team, um, I think, or I just need to fucking do it, like recording this stuff. Hold on, I want to click this button called follow, and that's going to show me perfect. All right, and I was able to do that on the fly. Way to go. So I'm not much of a software, uh, music software engineer or operator by any stretch of the imagination. Um, yeah. So I'm all over the map to borrow a Bill Burrism, which is exactly what I'm channeling here. And uh, I don't feel bad about it. And I'm willing to admit it because same reason I'm, I'm, I don't feel bad and I'm willing to admit that I play the same guitar that Martin Sexton plays. He's a huge influence on me. I love the way he sounds. I want to, I want to play that instrument. You know, it's like all the dudes that picked up um, a Les Paul after seeing, I don't know, Jimmy Page or somebody, you know, riffing on it. Um, you know, that's like the go-to rock guitar, right? You know, plug it in, get some overdrive going. Um, in the same way, you know, it's like we're all building on each other and we're all feeding this music beast, whatever it may be, um, and, and, and reaching up to the folks that have come before us and, and learning and then trying to apply it in our own voice. Oh, okay, and this is another facet of it is that I've discovered that my own voice isn't really a rock star voice. Uh, you know, I kind of sing in this, um, you know, loud whisper, wide, lush kind of range for me, which isn't really all that like rock and roll or all that pop. Um, I'm a little bit more sentimental when it's my, when it's really my own voice. You know, if I go play a bunch of originals um, at, at a coffee house versus a bunch of covers at a pub. That, that voice at the coffee house it's it is me I found it and I'm really glad I found my own voice or I'd still be sounding like I was trying to impersonate Dave Matthews um, which maybe some people do think that's what I sound like because that's certainly an influence I'd say my voice is somewhere between I don't know it's, it's hard to say some people say it's like a mix between John Mayer and Dave Matthews. I want to wear that with pride and, and hope that fans of those guys would be like, yeah, let's give this guy a try. Let's check it out. Um, so uh, the one thing that it is a bit disheartening is the saturation of media. Um, there's just so much to choose from. There's no rhyme or reason to what you're going to listen to or what's going to... Um, well... I suppose there there must be. People are picking what they're listening to for some reason. I'm trying to maybe talk myself into a positive on that one, too. But, but I guess basically I need to believe that what I have is worthwhile for people's attention. And maybe a part of this new phase and this new sort of pivot of my musical mission is exactly that, that I'm admitting that maybe my performance of my tune isn't what's going to become isn't going to give the tune the life that it could have if it's performed by someone with an audience and with like that just the balls of being a rock star right um i get it i don't i don't begrudge that anymore i uh, i don't think i would survive the life of a rock star trying to tour day in and day out singing your ass off I, i'd get sick you know 
uh, I had to have surgery last year, last summer. So it's been about a year to get uh, these, uh, what did I get? I got my tonsils out. My tonsils were just sickly, just sickly. It was making me sick all the time. Any night I was up past one o'clock drinking, the next day I would have like a sore throat guaranteed possibly like a problem sore throat you know something that was going to turn into strep i got strep like 600 times in my life i don't know but they were they they were gross they had to go so um i don't know maybe the rest of my anatomy is healthy in that regard but i mean i i got to go sing a pub gig and then the next morning my voice is you know an octave octave lower <laughs> you know raspy and, you know if I tried to sing with it it would probably be kind of cool sounding but maybe a little bit rougher on the edges and I I have played some you know nights back to back to back and, and it, it tends to work out okay you tend to work with the voice in the instrument as, as it's going to be delivered you know you don't try to force it to be something that's not um, you, you hear oh okay that sounds cool or, or no I'm definitely not going to hit that note tonight so you know got to sing it a different way so I mean there's ways to get around it um but, uh, you know, the, the toll that I think it would take on my body and, and my, my, my spirit, you know, being away from home, um, I uh, lucked into an amazing family life. And going to chase that rock and roll dream right now would just be uh, a difficult trade-off and one that I'm not willing to make uh, at this moment. Everything in phases is what I've been saying. So I guess this is all decent brand launching uh, because I'm me and I want myself to be a brand in the in my music. Um, I think some air conditioning just kicked on. We might hear that on the recording. Yeah, I think I hear it in my headphones. So I'm just figuring this stuff out. Um, I want to be available and open and, and creative and, and contentful. Contentful? Content. Content is content. Wait, is that the same word? Content is content? That, that might be my new mantra. My way to inner peace is producing content brings me content. What? I cannot be the first person to have thought of that. That's another thing is when you're trying to be creative. Oh, man, you, you have ideas and you're like, oh, this is great. And you're like, oh, it's too good. I'm sure someone's done it. And you Google it. It's dumb. It's so dumb. Oops, sorry. I'm just bouncing around my bed. Okay, so I did have a couple, I jotted down a couple bullet points here. No movie. Just could not sit down. That was bullet point number one. So I'm much, much more fulfilled doing this. Although I do have to wrap it up pretty soon. I'm, I'm so excited that I'm doing this at after midnight on a work night, which is just the pits. And I guess part of my reality and part of my struggle, too, is that, you know, 40 hours a week I'm devoting to being productive in a very, very different sort of way that makes much, much, much better money at this point. <laughs> Trade-offs. Everything in phases. Everything in phases. So content is content. Um, so podcast. <laughs> I jotted down podcast. Like P-O-D-C-A-S-K. 
like a cask, like something that liquid would sit in over time to uh, mature, let the flavors blend and pick up some of the essence of the, I don't know, oak barrel or whatever the cask is. I don't think I like white wines that are in metal casks. I think sometimes the tinniness and the like aluminumness or some, some whatever metal, the metallicness sometimes gets into white wines for me. I don't, I don't really care for that. It's like robot juice or something. I, I, I don't. I want to taste stuff that feel like tastes like it came from the earth. I guess metal is from the earth, but you know, like the organic. Rocks are so inorganic. That'd be funny. Wait, are rocks considered organic in biology or in consumerism? It's like, what's the definition of organic? I don't know. I buy it on, on my sh on my produce and stuff, but um, so if a rock was sold that was inorganic, that could be in the pro column could be a arrow in the quiver of somebody that was selling rocks that were organic and then they would market them as organic rocks but the very definition of organic I think a rock is not that was a new segment called wrap it up how Yoda would say it. <laughs> I don't know. Organic Iraq is not. Um, what else did I have? So podcast. Yeah, I've got all these, all these ideas, all these things that I want to you know, show the world. Be like, hey, I wrote this song. It's about this. For example, I wrote a song about grieving called The Weight, and it's so, so good. <laughs> if I do say so myself, because it came from such deep anguish and I needed music at that moment. And I reached out and I picked up, I, I remember the guitar that I wrote it on, uh, my Les Paul, um, unplugged, walking around the kitchen, strumming an electric guitar with a pick, unplugged to songwrite is so fun. I recommend it. Um, because you get to play a little lead, it's a really easy guitar to play, it's quiet, so you just, I was strumming around, uh, walking back and forth in my kitchen, uh, small tiny little kitchen, so just pacing back and forth playing guitar and writing the song and just pouring my heart out um, into this tune about grieving, and um, I just, I would love for people to, to have it. Um, you know, maybe like the Huffington Post could pick it, pick it up and run with it, and or you know, or some like mom's blog could could relate it to um, miscarrying, or you know, like somebody who's uh, some sort of support group or something. Just like float it by. Like I, I don't want to shove it down people's faces, but like float it by and see if they grab onto it, and if it's uh, if it's something that's going to help them. Uh, that would just mean the world to me. Um, I, I have come to realize that just knowing that the music and my experience through the music is impacting someone in a positive way is obviously the true currency here. And I am really, really blessed in that regard. Um, you know, it, it sort of manifests itself randomly. 
which is amazing. Um, but, but, you know, it's also like not on demand, you know, I'll go play a gig where it feels like, uh, you know, I'm just sonic wallpaper to, to borrow how I've heard a couple friends say it. I think Chris Whitall in particular, excuse me, former, uh, Luca, you know, Luca bandmate, uh, guitar and vocals, uh, with Luca. I still cover his song dreaming from time to time. Um, it was a fucking great song. Um, Uh, so gigs where, you know, you feel like you're sonic wallpaper and, uh, you know, uh, people are really watch, watching sports and drinking beer and, and flirting and uh, they could give a damn what you're playing and you end up just kind of playing some covers or some originals, but it doesn't really feel inspired. You don't feel like anybody's really connecting over it. Um, and, you know, you've got a job to do. You do want to provide some live entertainment and, and hope that everybody's having a good time and you check in about that. And yeah, I, I never, I never try to just uh, just write it in you know of course that that would be really really pointless because every time you pick up and, and strap on a guitar is a chance to practice and get better um, or sing for that matter and especially sing into equipment where you can project your voice and sing loud and, and let it amplify and, and let it groove with with the guitars and the effects and the loops and uh, it's such great practice much 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 better practice than you can do at home or or collaborating or you know in a basement um because you're you're actually live and trying to put on the show that's that's the real practice which is why i guess open mics are so so important and we're so critical um, to my development, of course. Um, and that's another thing, too. I feel like if I can put out some content that's a little bit original, a little bit different, really substantive, really, really engaging, um, I can. I don't have to re rebuild it up. So back in Baltimore, I had a you know pretty decent scene, a couple connections. I was booking some gigs, playing some wineries, some cool places. Really, really, really nice flow to it all because I had hustled and I had done the open mic thing. I had played residencies at, at crummy bars. Um, and, and God bless them. Thank you for having me, of course. Um, uh, you know, amazing, amazing formative experiences for sure. Um, looking back, I don't know how I used to play bar gigs with just an acoustic guitar for as long as, you know, like a three or four hour gig. You know, three hours and then a couple breaks. You know, get, get you up to about four hours for a gig which is what I've been playing recently at Azul um, up here in Phoenix. So I went from Baltimore to Phoenix, and it's like, all right, I'll go play play some places. And, and um, it's almost better to just have one home place and just play there. It's like people, people learn about you. They can drop by if they want. You know, you, you learn the staff. Um, you don't play too regularly. Um, and that's been my MO of late to get back into playing some live music. But now I've got the looping station, uh, which I built into my, my setup this year. And that's going to be a whole nother, um, conversation. So I'm going to backtrack off of that. Um, I'll kind of maybe do one of these where I talk about the different sort of evolutionary phases of musicianship I've been through recently. Um, So yeah, I don't, I, I don't necessarily want to have to hit the road um, and grind it out and, and win over fans with getting their email addresses on a piece of paper and then dealing with you know nine gigs out of ten, get, getting zero email addresses, you know, or, or you know one or two. 
Um, and maybe that's just I've got the wrong sort of charisma for that. You know, but I think of my product, as I heard one guy say it. He goes, hey, man, I really dig the show, man. You got a good product. I was like, that's kind of a cool way to, t- to think about it. Sort of disassociates from the, from the experience and, and lets you define it a little bit. The product. It's not just me going up there to play music. It's, it's, the, it's the product. It's not my time and my life, which it always is, which is the weird part. Because you're always choosing to use your life and your time to go put on a show which is just mind-blowing to me. Again, why I don't think I've got the right sort of mind to be a rock star. Um, now, if it should happen, I mean, I wouldn't look a gift horse in the mouth, if that's the right expression. But uh, it, would, it would definitely have to be on my terms, I guess. <laughs> what a fucking ego on this guy, on my terms. Like I've paid any dues. I, I whine like I've paid dues. I paid some dues. Paid a lot of dues. But it's just not... Oh, there we go. I think the AC went off. Nice. Um, paid a lot of dues, but I, I just don't... Um, I just don't think I was chasing the right dream. This is, a, this is a pivot on that dream. And I think a very healthy one and a fun one. And... Uh, and one that I need to stay motivated about. So the game plan is to be organic and network and just say, hey, everybody, here's here's what I want to achieve. This is me. This is my brand. Here's the stuff that I'm putting out. Uh, these demo pluses, uh, mashups of demos with live recordings to, to sort of show how a song uh, takes on a life of its own after the demo phase. Um, highlighting my B-sides. I've got this Patapsco session project out right now. Um, Super duper fun, cool recordings. Six original songs with Paul Beckwith, Mark Quinn on keys. Paul on bass and vocals. Mark Quinn on keys, vocals, and sax on one of the tracks. uh, Day to day. And then Stan Harris on the drums. A really, really fun group to play with, and I really think that I had some sort of maturing between groups, and and then when that foursome kind of clicked, it was like, whoa, we we really can't take our time with this, and um, I started getting some delay going, uh, blah 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 blah. So Patapsco session is is really really interesting recording um, of of that foursome. I think we're trying to sell it, and we're trying to raise funds for Believe in Music, which is a nonprofit out of Baltimore. Um, I'll give this wrap again um, in a more like sort of formal um, thing, I guess, on the next one of these. I could just ramble on and on. I've got so many ideas. I'm so excited. I've got a lot of content, and I want to bring it out into the world and become content. Um, I'm really going to run with that. Um, all right. That's That's got to be it for now. Uh just want to do this all night, but I know I need to go to bed. Hmm. Damn day job is calling. All right. (laughs) All right. That's my story and I'm sticking to it. Is it? (laughs) Oh. Oh, Jesus. Say lovey. Say the old folks, it goes to show you never can tell. <laughs>